some new shoes. Have you heard of the Knickknackery Co? It's the hottest new place to buy women's shoes online, and they have some unique soles for your soul. The Knickknackery Co's signature soles are handcrafted in small custom batches by professional artisans. A careful eye to detail delivers styles that are both timeless and on trend, and they're constructed to last. The best part? They're as comfortable for us as they are stylish for you. For sophisticated women who love quality and uniqueness, you can't beat the Knickknackery Co. Visit us online at www.shopknickknacks.com. Follow us on all social media. There are no shoes we'd rather kick it with because they are very sophisticated for the soul. Hello everyone, this is your host, Liza Biddy. I am here today with a very special guest, and I am going to allow her to introduce herself. As you know, that is the state of play on the Afrothiopia podcast. And we while we are gonna have this podcast today, we're actually having lentil soup, um, some Brussels sprouts, a little platter of chicken, and a little fruit and cheese tray. So if you hear us chomping, that is why. So I will allow her to introduce herself and then we will begin. Hi everyone, hi family. Thank you so much. It is definitely an honor. Um, I'm not nervous, but uh, I'm really looking forward to sharing my story. Again, my name is Maya Fall. Um, I'm a Senegalese American. I've uh, been in the United States and travel abroad for about 22 years now, so I'm, uh, I would say, a citizen of the world, but really my heart um, is in uh, Senegal, specifically West Africa, and again, looking forward to our discussion today, um, and thank you so much, Liz, for giving me the opportunity and the platform. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, let's just get down to business. You gave a great intro. So, can you tell us a bit just about your upbringing in Senegal? Just give us a little snapshot into your childhood. Great. That's a great question. Um, <laughs> and a lot to say. So, I'll try to be brief. Um, I was... Whew. So, let's start with this. I always tell this. That this is an easy way to get it out. Uh, my... 
my dad at one point had four wives and I'm a product of the third wife. So with that being said, I have about 21 siblings. Uh, some of them I do not know. Um, so it's really hard, but um, I had an amazing childhood. I was very lucky because um, my dad was a politician and was a diplomat and I lived in a very humble, but also very prestigious uh, childhood. Uh, went to private school all my life, had all the, you know, the bling and everything, enjoyed life, um, and didn't know anything about, you know, hardship, to be honest with you, uh, which was interesting because now as an adult, I have a different perspective in life, of course, but, uh, as a child, I childhood was was great. I, um, you know, I had a chauffeur taking me to school, bringing me back. Life was amazing. <laughs> never struggled. Never, never, you know, use a public transportation. Uh, it was great. Um, and we lived in a Muslim family, of course, um, as you know, more than ninety percent of Senegalese people are Muslim. So. Um, but um, I got to say that, you know, my dad, although he was, you know, he has two households um, and um, had many, many, many children, he, he was kind of tough. He was rough. <laughs> he was, he was, you know, he cracked the whip, you know, no boyfriend. So I remember, you know, um, just go I was just I was I was by kid. I wanted to party, I wanted to enjoy life. I was like, what the hell? Why why have all this and don't enjoy it with others? So with that being said, I got caught many times jumping the fence to go party at night. And with that being said, after being caught, my parents put some barbed wire on the window so I can't get out anymore. So my ass was punish for the rest of my <laughs> time in Senegal. But uh, other than that, I, I, I got to say that I'm very humble and grateful uh, for my parents, very humble and grateful for my siblings, um, obviously the ones that lived in the same house as me that I know very well. But I had an amazing childhood, um, obviously that had prepared me um, for who I am today. And uh, I'm, I'm a product of that. Um, and it's interesting because I told I always tell my my husband, you better not have a second wife. Because oh I'm goodness. just, you know what. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll stop there, but I'm sure you'll get okay, to know more okay. about me in wow. a few more minutes. But that actually was uh, a great, I'm going to call that a great uh, prelude for you. Just in discussing just a little bit about your Senegalese um upbringing because I'm sure that just even in the nature of your work and people who are around you they always wonder like wow how did this occur and all that good stuff so I, I enjoyed the background and yes I mean we're here in Dubai in a Muslim country um, well an Islamic country rather because really the word Muslim needs to submit and we all must, to, must submit to something with whatever you call it <laughs> but um so it's interesting when you said that your dad had um, four wives and your mom was his third. So how many siblings do you have just with your with his third wife? So with my mom, yes. um, they have they had five. Um, unfortunately, my younger brother, our youngest, passed away many years ago. Mm. But um, they had five. Um, so I am I'm really the oldest between them. Mm. Um, so that's been. Um, it's, um, you know, not challenging, I would say, but it, it was just interesting because I could enjoy saying I'm the oldest between my parents, but then I had, like, other half-brothers and sisters who were, like, could be my mm -hmm. my actual parents, to mm -hmm. be frank with you. Mm -hmm. And if you know much about, you know, the continent and uh, West Africa, specifically, uh, women tend to marry at a very young age. Yes. So that's kind of why my obviously my dad was much older than my mom so but yeah but yeah so. okay so let's move right along then mm -hmm. what do you love most about Senegal you know it's interesting I mean I, I have to say this like 
I left Senegal when I was like 15. Okay. So I was very young when I left. Um, you know, I was just getting into my 16th birthday when I went to America. But um, so um, my, what I would say, what I love about Senegal as an adult, I think that's what I should focus on, is um, mainly um, the hospitality and um, just how easy life is for the the haves not for the have nots of course interesting so um so i think if you are comfortable life is easy in senegal right uh, you can get around easily you can find anything you need um but the hospitality is something that i think most of us very cherish very much wow. so i I've never seen a, a homeless man in my life until I went to the United States. So with that being said, I'm not saying that people are not poor in Senegal. I'm just saying that it doesn't matter who you are, poor or not, you still will have food. People will still offer you a meal. You will still have a roof under your head, whether you you know, you are in the corner of the house somewhere, whatever, you will still, your family will never abandon you. So that's one thing that um, really shocked me when I moved to the United States because I was like, oh my God, I'm going to the Big Apple. Uh, you know, I've been, I was traveling to the States before, but moving there, uh, studying and stuff, then it gave me a different perspective. Of and course. I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about what that experience did for me. But it's, it's pretty interesting that, you know, being in Africa, and like I said, like, so I really enjoy people, the hospitality, um, I enjoy the, the, the family unit. It's very important for us. Um, whether we are happy or not, no one knows. Like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of protection within the family. Mm -hmm. So our dirty laundries are always our dirty laundries. Mm -hmm. um, what you see in the Western world is not what you see in you know. Um, and I'm not saying all, all of it is right, right? Because we can talk about like you know, child molestation that are being not talked about or people hide it or things like that. Yes. So there are obviously certain element of the culture certain, that's not well, that's always part of positive. social norms. Right, yes. exactly. But, yes. but in general, people are very nice, people yes. are very open. Um, people tend to be, you know, for the most part, very honest. So it's, it's an easy lifestyle. Like mm -hmm. I, 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 I think anyone that goes to Senegal can say, hey, it's just very chill. People are very chill, <laughs> you know, not a lot of stress. You know, of course, you'll feel sad or you feel bad for people that are on the street begging or what have you. But at the end of the day, I think in general, like, there is that. And then lastly, I want to just mention that I really just believe because I, um, as a Muslim woman, for us, is you know, religion is very important. Yes. And we practice, you know, wherever we are around the world. So I think that is that foundation that, um, I, I cherish a lot because I feel like um, even now as a mother, you know, trying to make sure that I, that my kid have that foundation, the same foundation that I have mm -hmm. is also, also very important, important, especially nowadays when the world is just so challenging. Of course, of course, of course. I liked how you talked about being a first timer and actually seeing home, what you considered homelessness in the West. That's very important because other continental Africans that I talked to have said the same thing. And they also talked about the first time they realized they were black. Mm. Because that's not a construct on the continent. You know, you don't, uh, outside of South Africa. That's right. You don't really consider yourself, I'm, I'm, I'm from Senegal, you know, I'm from the Gambia, I'm from Ghana, I'm from Kenya. It's not, I am a light-skinned Ghanaian, or I'm a dark-skinned Kenyan, or right. dark-skinned Sudanese. Right. You all don't speak that way. Right. And so, the continent of Africans that I've spoken with, they have shared that with me, and so it's interesting. No one has ever brought up, let's say, in terms of homelessness, but it's also interesting, when you talk about how no one is really never homeless in that they won't go hungry and someone is always going to have a corner in the home to give you a space. Now, for my own personal testament, I experienced that being the first time in Malawi. Mm -hmm. Zulus take care of people. And I remember, you know, I was working at Munford Teacher Training College 
and we were working with um, teachers who were working with the deaf and the blind, mm -hmm. and they didn't have our accommodations ready yet, mm -hmm. which were like the teacher accommodations, but there were some people in the local village, maybe about three kilometers down. They said, we got plenty of room. So I got my taste at what you would consider village life. I never publicized or anything, but it was an experience, of course, I, I'm never going to get unless, of course, I do it again. So I understand that just in terms of people opening their homes, especially to a stranger like me from America, and we come with all kind of crap. <laughs> they didn't know me, but the elders just welcomed us in there just to stay the night until our stuff was ready. Now, culturally, that's not really something that we do outside for family. So I definitely understand what you're saying because even you have people going to um, Ghana and stuff and they say, oh, these kids are homeless. No, and they're hungry. That's not true. Mangoes, moringa, cassava, this stuff grows like wildflowers. No one's hungry. You know, but that is a perpetuation of something else. Maybe we'll delve into that later. Mm -hmm. Let us move on. Mm -hmm. Now, when you return home, what do you see has improved most and what do you see that has improved the least? Um, so let me let me preface this by saying mm -hmm. that as an adult, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm still stuck between two cultures. Okay. Um, and that's really an internal struggle and and that's one of the reasons why I'm planning to make the life changes and I'm that probably we'll get into in a mm -hmm. bit here. But mm -hmm. um, so I would say that going back home, of course things have changed. So if you talk about infrastructure, things have changed. Uh, if you talk about population, demographic, things have changed. So there's more younger, you know, the, the population is younger than mm -hmm. it used to be, mm -hmm. of course, right? Um, you know, um, there's a, like that migration towards the city has increased, mm -hmm. right? There's a lot more buildings, there's a lot more, you know, so there's not a lot of, infrastructure-wise, there has been a lot of positive things that have happened, which is important because that's part of economic growth. But at the same time, with that, we've lost the greenery. You know, I remember being young, even though bougie and all, we'll be, we'll be out <laughs> running around, you know, going to the next neighbor's house, you know, running around and we have, you know, trees and, you know, there's not a lot of that anymore just because the population is growing. So people need places to build their homes. Yes. So, of course, so there's not a lot of that. Um, but I got to say that I appreciate the entrepreneurship uh, space that mm -hmm. that that's happening that's growing and it's continued to grow which is really really something that I think uh, is something uh, very impressive I'm very proud of how people are thinking about you know uh, staying home you know instead of you know going to you know immigrating somewhere else it's just staying home and building a network mm -hmm. building their country um so i'm seeing a lot more of that which is really impressive and this is really like you know anything you can think about and i'm sure we can talk a bit more about mm -hmm. the business opportunities mm -hmm. um you know in senegal specifically yeah um but also um so there's a lot of positive things that's happening, but at the same time, something that really, really is very painful for the continent, um, and Senegal is no, you know, stranger to this, is just, frankly, the corruption. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of money coming in, but not, it's not, you know... Trickling down to the people. It's not trickling down to the people, so there's a lot of that issues. Another issue, you know, uh, and none of these, what I'm saying is like nothing negative. I would just say these are challenges right. that we are obviously working on trying to figure out. We need improvement uh, on. We need improvement on. Yes. Um, you know, I think the other, more of um, the overpopulation and the childbirth is, is problematic. It's, it's interesting that, you know, in this century that we have women, you know, having, you know, kids, one year after the other and it's like wait what's happening like you know you know medicine has grown like like I, i'm sorry i have you know um improved. improved so we you know why are we just having all these babies like what are we doing like is it is it more you know just because of you know uh poverty is it what is it is it because of belief so it's just something that intrigues me personally okay because I, I i think that there is a there's a definite need 
uh, for us to slow down the <laughs> the population growth a little bit. You think? Wow. Yes. Yes. Um, because if you look at Senegal, the car especially. There's a lot of kids begging, mm -hmm. and there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's all these new laws that they're trying to implement, you know, to stop the beggars. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it, like a lot of them, just a lot of kids out on the street, mm -hmm. right? So there's a reason for that. So just like, so there's just, like I said, improvement, yes. There's a lot of people from the diaspora, like myself and others, that are investing back home, mm -hmm. you know, trying to build, you know, different... Um, you know businesses and mm -hmm. so on so there's a lot of folks coming back to build the country which is really good uh, but of course there's a lot of things to improve on the social front on the government front um, you know social econ economy and there's just a lot of things to work on but overall I would say that you know uh, I enjoy the peace um, yes. it's a peaceful country people are not violent yes. uh, uh, so which is very helpful um, uh, you know, in this day and age. So, so yeah, so I think, uh, but, but again, as I'm saying all of this as an adult, because when I was a child, you know, up to 15 years old, I was sheltered. Uh, that and your lens was different. Even if you're, exactly. even if you weren't sheltered, your lens on how you That's would, true. how you viewed Senegal at 15 would still be different than That's how true. it is now. That's true. Especially being a mother. So even if you didn't have children, like, the lens would just continuously change, change like a exactly, stage play. Exactly. We would continuously go through acts and acts exactly. of transformation. Exactly. So no, I, I, I totally understand that. But it is interesting when you talk about the just um, population. You know, the continent of Africa has the youngest population in the world. Mm -hmm. And the truth be told, you know, when I, when I typically talk about like Nigerians mm -hmm. and just the talent pool there, it is, I mean, I'm, I'm, most of the time I'm, I'm, of course, giving them all the kudos and then people will come back and say, well, Elizabeth, they're the biggest scammers. Mm -hmm. And so my, re, my, my retort back for that is mm -hmm. Nigerians never created scamming. Right. Now, they may have perfected it, but they got it from somebody else. And so I am a causative research person. So before you come and tell me that some, they are scammers, tell me who started the scamming. And then are you angry because they perspective the scamming or what? Right. I mean, <laughs> so, it's just a white-collar crime. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, you know, it's, it's interesting the labels that get put on the countries, but just in terms of the talent pool, I mean, some of the universities there are just awesome, as well as even in Rwanda. Mm -hmm. So even though the population is exploding, I think that the development... D development is a benefit and a curse, as you know, in your line of mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. Development creates new ideas, new phenomenons, mm -hmm. and at the same time, it also has its ills that people can't stop. Right. It's, it's like a part of the natural progression. Well, if you get this here, then you're going to get this other thing, too, that you don't like. It, it's kind of like they go hand in hand. Right. You're plus and you're minus. So right. I understand totally in, in, in what you're saying. If you're going to be this developed and all of this and you keep having these children, let's get something going on so that the children are not begging. So I get exactly yeah. what you're saying. But the other thing too, like I mean, eighty-five percent of the population is youth. That's yeah. That's that's too much. Well, yeah. so saying the slowing it down is more <laughs> slowing it down to have a policy in place, mm -hmm. right? To 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 have a plan in place in mm -hmm. the next ten years. This is how we're gonna handle the population growth, mm -hmm. and these are the mm -hmm. policies, and these are the you know, the ideas that will be implemented to help, you know, take care of that young population. Which and is then, a part of industrialization, too. Exactly, yes. exactly. But so, that, that, so, so it's just not about, you know, make babies and make babies. Okay, great. It's great that, but what are they doing? You yeah. know, are we yeah. doing anything in agriculture? Are we doing, you know, are we building industries, like you said? Yeah. You know, are we, are we, are we focusing on STEM education? What are we doing with yes. these people? Yes. Are, are they brain working or are they begging and getting into drugs and getting into mm -hmm. other things? So mm -hmm. that's also, that's the, that's what I feel like the, the, you know, our government don't have, let me say this. They may have the vision. They may have the vision. But it's just... But it's not... The, the vision is just more politics versus, like, implementing... Ah, theory. Hey, psst, down here. 
It's us, your feet. We want to tell you something you already know. It's time to buy yourself some new shoes. Have you heard of the Knickknackery Co? It's the hottest new place to buy women's shoes online, and they have some unique soles for your soul. The Knickknackery Co's signature soles are handcrafted in small custom batches by professional artisans. A careful eye to detail delivers styles that are both timeless and on trend, and they're constructed to last. The best part? They're as comfortable for us as they are stylish for you. For sophisticated women who love quality and uniqueness, you can't beat the Knickknackery Co. Visit us online at www.shopknickknacks.com. Follow us on all social media. There are no shoes we'd rather kick it with because they are very sophisticated for the soul. So let's move on and we can talk about yeah. some businesses just mm -hmm. within Senegal. What are some businesses that the, di the people from the diaspora who are coming, some who are coming back home and some who are newbies and they are just wanting to basically repack. What businesses do you think would benefit Senegal as a whole, especially the people and these youths that you're talking about in abundance? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, so I'll say I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I would just say what I think um, in general. But this is something that even myself, I'm also learning. Okay. As I want to go, I'm going back. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to be investing, so it's important. But I'm going to say that um, agriculture is a big thing. Um, it's, uh, you know, we have, we have everything we need to have, you know, made and, you know, consume, you know, African products, right? Uh, we have, you know, you know, you talk about the shea butter, we mm -hmm. talk about like palm oil, we mm -hmm. talk about cashew nuts mm -hmm. you know in the region of Kazamas you know there's 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 just water sun land and anything like and there are people there ready to work um so um so anything that has to do with agriculture is important anything that has to do with lively livestock is 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 important it's important for many reasons right because what's happening in senegal is that we have the resources mm -hmm. but the issue is that we we you know the chinese or the indians or the europeans they 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 come and get it and they take it to their country to 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 um um how would I how, um, process it process it exactly thank you so we have an issue with processing and packaging Yes. Which is a big issue. Manufacturing. Like manufacturing. Mm -hmm. So you talk, like, let's use mango. So we have billion. I don't know, we have so many mango trees. Mm -hmm. And we end up, like, just throwing a lot of mangoes just because we are not processing, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, that second, third, you know, use of the mangoes. Like, that's not something we know how. Like, you, you have, you go to... The Philippines or you know Thailand, you have like the dry mangoes packaged very nicely mm -hmm. that we enjoy when we at the airport. Yes, but I was like, why don't we have this in Senegal, mm -hmm. right? Um, so those those are the issues that we have is that you know the resources are there, you know the raw products are there, but we do not have the the material nor the skills, right, mm -hmm. to uh, to put it in uh, you know final product. So gotcha. that's one issue. This. So you're basically talking about the value chain of a product is what you're talking about. The value chain of the product, mm -hmm. exactly. So it's just not, you know, like I said, we have all of, we have all of the raw product, right. raw material, right? But like even the cashew nuts that I go and buy here, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it's there, but it's like just taking it from, from that raw material, process it, package it, label it. Right, yeah. FDA approving everything and then sell it overseas is problematic because yes. ju just that is, is there's not a proper chain, you know, and then you and then that's that's one big problem. The second big the second big problem that we have is education. Mm -hmm. uh, education again as um, a product of uh, France yes. and colonized by the French. That French education is you know minus zero. <laughs> 
let's just say it. Um, and you know, we speaking, we speaking right now. If yes. you notice, the Francophone Africa and the Anglophone Africa is different. The world. growth is there's a reason why Nigerian, you know, uh, you know, folks from Rwanda and all that are like growing and like surpassing the Cote d'Ivoire or Senegal because we speak French. Everything is in English. It is the international language. So if if we have educators, right, to help us, pretty much we just need to wake up. The world has gone <laughs> and left us. But with that, so we're talking about businesses. So yes, there's that, you know, products. But then there's also education, STEM education. Yes. You're not hearing, why wouldn't Senegal be part of that 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 the discussion about space why are we not in that discussion about mm -hmm. stem and you know you know kids are smart but again they don't have the opportunities most schools do not even have a computer you know where kids can do research and see like the laboratories are there's they don't even exist in most most schools to be honest with you so there's that so education is also another um you know, area of growth that's absolutely needed in Senegal it for could many, be great. many reasons. Okay, and so, so are you saying that if someone came and opened up uh, private schools um, that, let's say, catered toward um, English to, to, to bridge that gap with them speaking Wolof that, and French? Or? There's that, but also more focus on trade. Ah. Skills. Okay. That's the issue. It's You're like talking about vocation. Vocation. Yes. So the thing is this. So in the way we're taught, especially in the, the French education system, it's just about study your books, study your books. So many, many kids, they're like finish, you know, universities, high school, university, and they don't have any skills. There's nothing, right? So, and now there are conversation and people are realizing that, oh, our children, they don't have any skills. Like you leave high school, you leave university, and you don't have no skills. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is gonna be a college educated. A, a college educated, right? Mm -hmm. Some people wanna be electricians, some people wanna be plumbers, some people wanna be something else. So there's a trade schools are absolute need in Senegal. Absolute need. And when I say trade schools, it's trade schools with the with the latest and improved technology. Right. Gotcha. So I'm not talking gotcha. about like so when you when we let, let's say when we say packaging, for example. Yes. Right. You know, you go to Senegal today, someone makes you a package, okay, little improve, but it's not properly sealed. So mm -hmm. then, therefore, you know, the item might, you know, last, frankly, to be yes. honest with you. So there's all these issues we have, so little technology. You're talking about AI, you know, security system, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, Africa is at a crossroad, a very dangerous crossroads, to be honest with you, with, you know, Mali, the terrorists, Nigeria, yes. and, you know, we are in a very weird space, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay, how long can we keep this space? How long can we be secure, right? So there's a lot of, um, in my humble opinion, I think also there's a lot of improvement that needs to do. It's just like, again, having those little technology, and that comes with trade, you know, skills, vocation in general, and like, you know, having those kids learn different technology, you know. Um, well, that trade too, as you know, allows smaller business to scale up. Of course. Because that gives them more currency to get their expand their business, and exactly. then they can hire people, bring in new technology, and things exactly. like that. Exactly. Um, but the last, if, if, if before ahead. I yeah. lose my thought here, the last, the last business that I think is an absolute necessity is healthcare. Okay. Wow. Yes. Um, and 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 when I say healthcare, I'm talking about the whole chain of healthcare. Okay. 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 So. <laughs> Uh, we do have a good system. A lot of the, the, the doctors are, they come from the, re, the region and they study in Senegal and then they go to Morocco for their finals and stuff like that. But healthcare, the whole, the whole system, the education, the material, um, the, the, the um, you know, the, the, the infrastructure. Like the, the including whole pharmacy, pharmacy, all of, that. Mm -hmm. all of that. So there's just a whole chain there that's just all messed up. Like, okay. you know, and it's not about like, 
Um, and, 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 and it's sad because, you know, we get a lot of material donated for, you know, cancer research and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like the, when I was m- mentioning the laboratories, they don't exist, you know, and the mm-hmm. ones that are there are really like very poorly fun- funded, funded and yes. stuff like that. So the whole healthcare. So as you talk about, so you, you see what I'm saying? You have healthcare because mm-hmm. you need people healthy yes. so they can live long life so they can fucking do shit. I'm sorry, my life. <laughs> That's okay. You need people educated. Yes. Okay, and have a skills so they those people that are not gonna be doctors and engineers can be our plumbers and electricians, you know, and our security technician and so on. Mm-hmm. Right. Then you need food for people to eat. So think about it. So if you have the healthcare taking care of education and you have food for your population, you're gonna grow. You're basically looking at a dynamic circle. I, exactly. I, I see what you're doing. I, you're just I, gonna yes. you're just gonna grow, right? Yeah. And so it's 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 really these are just very they're just linked. But what what we struggle with is just like we 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 are not thinking about it as like like you said like a chain mm-hmm. so it's just like we do one here and we forget about the other mm-hmm. and we forget about the other because you're you forgetting about, that they're interlinked in many ways exactly and when you talk about healthcare and that education and then how do we bring the 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 young woman how do we bring the woman right into this picture how do we you know um how how do we involve them from from the beginning to the end, mm. right? Well, um, women, women so. typically multitask far better than men. We we have our own unique skill set, even though we need them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's room room for them, but that's also like what you were saying too about education and mind change. So um, people's mind change and perspectives about a lot of things would have to uh, gravitate towards that. Because you could have a woman sitting here giving birth, she's cooking dinner, also she's washing clothes at the same time, and people are wondering how. Yeah. I mean, but we multitask that way, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how I mean, I'm... you talk, and then <clears throat> lastly, money. Yeah. And when I say money, I'm talking about banking. Yes. Um, banking is a struggle. Our banking system is not. It's not. It's not. Um, it's not for entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. There is no, you know, loan for entrepreneurs or like, um, there's not like a good um, business model for entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way Senegal is, aside from the rate or the, the, the you know, aside from the, the, the interest rate being high and all, there's just not a system. Like you talk about SBA in the United States, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there's no such thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's all of these different, um, you know, offices that the government's tried to put out there. But frankly... You still think they're broken? Still, well, they're broken in so many sense because, like, you know, someone that has the skills or someone that can do something, right? They mm-hmm. have the skills, but they need money. You start asking them for collateral. What the hell are they going to give you themselves? So if we have true, now you know the truth can be said by the SBA. I can give could, you a personal testimony true. about this. That's true, but but SB, the the one thing about Senegal is like there's no structure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So today you can tell me something about SBA because you've known, you've gone through the process. Maybe you did True. not get it, True. but you know, you knew what to do and you knew your recourse. Today okay, I'll go true. to Senegal that's true. and I'm like, okay, I want to open up a business. Where do I go? They're like, okay, go to this bank. You go to this bank and everything is confusing and you hardly don't find anything on the internet. And the last thing I want to say is communication. Okay. Communication is important right now. Um, you know, a lot of you can go to so many areas in Senegal that's not on Google Map. That's problematic. We need that that whole uh, geolocation. The geolocation is important, right? And that's like a big business right there. Yes, it is. But it's not only there either. It's a lot. Because look, but, yes, I know. But the geolocation will help the tourism industry. Of course, it will. It will help. It will help the businesses. Lots of them. Lots of them. So it's just everything you touch in Africa is a jewel. Yes. Right? And it's just a matter of like understanding that jewel, understanding and connecting the dots. Because nothing is by itself just like that. Everything is connected. Yes. Yes. Um, and yes. with a lack of education, 
Right. Um, and, you know, teaching someone a trade, you know, skills and stuff, it's just not about the skills. It's about the skills. It's about, it's about you know, being a manager. It's about being an entrepreneur. It's about building, growing. You know, it's, it's, it's everything. But it's something you said, even though it's not a, in my initial thought, but it's, mm-hmm. I, I want us to, 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 to delve into that. Yeah, you sure. talked about Anglophone and Francophone countries. Mm-hmm. There's 22 Francophone countries, and those 22, it has been researched that they are the richest mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of natural resources and what we know on the periodic table yeah. of, of, of things. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about them being Francophone countries and... France continuously having her hand in a lot of business on the continent. If if just those 22 countries alone were to say, hey, it's time to stop the badness. Mm. We're going to unify. And, and, and let's say if we don't even want to do our own manufacturing, but the natural resources that we have, we know how valuable they are, mm. i.e. Mm. cobalt, mm-hmm. bauxite, uh, <laughs> manganese, the, these kinds of natural resources and make these other nations pay more money. Mm. Do you think that could be viable source just in terms of the West seeing her as a real player? My my personal contention is that she's she's never gonna meaning Mama Africa won't mm-hmm. be seen as a real player because of the lack of unification of, of all the nations. Even though you have the African Union, I'm talking about doable things right now. Mm-hmm. And so if you just took those 22 Francophone countries and they united and said, anybody comes to us, no, like a union, Mm -hmm. be like a union in America. And you know how unions were in the the, uh, Midwest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that could enact and foster a lot of change itself on the continent? Yes, but it ain't going to happen. Because those 22 countries, they're all different. Of course, yes, but we want but, collectivism and unity. I know. Well, let me see, let me. I don't know. And we live in a pipe dream, Maya. Yeah, Tell I'm me, not, I'm living a pipe but dream. But this is the thing. I'm not God, so I shouldn't even say it won't happen. But it ain't gonna happen anytime soon. Well, why? Because we're here? you know why? Why? It's not. It's about our leaders. Mm. If you you look at now, I'm gonna give you an example of like many of the latest fashionistas or designers in in Africa. In what are they doing? Senegal, but go ahead. Senegal mm-hmm. and other countries. What are they doing? They're going to Nigeria. They're going to Ivory Coast. They're talking to each other. They're doing this, you know, African fashion show, bringing the other designers into the picture. So we are what we we as we as the youth, the younger generation, we understand how this work, right? So we understand that by us working together and collaborating, we are stronger, mm-hmm. and we are helping each other. Yes. But our leaders, they they don't think like that for many reasons, because it's all about their money. It's all about the pocket. How much do I earn from X? Mm-hmm. So yes, it would be great if we can come together. And that's the way forward. The only way forward is to come together. Yes. But throughout the world, I mean, you see, you know, nation coming together are very long and difficult process. It, it is. Right? You it know, is. you can think of, you know, you know, wars. I mean, there's all of these things, right? Like, Senegal wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to be hanging out with Mali. Why? Why would they do that? They don't going to do that. Because of the history. Here you go. Even so, so again, so that's why I say, "Well, do you think I'm living a do you think I'm living a pipe dream when I said that?" And I've long said too. I, I mean, there's I like, may not be alive when it occurs. There are like resources, yes. there, but there's also a, a real political challenges as well. Yeah, right. That you know, we should not you know just um, negate or be negate oblivious to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. it's, it's reality. Okay. Right? Okay. So, but but I, but that's not to say that doesn't stop the diaspora and would not stop you know, um, the younger generation for collaborating and trying to build, build something, you know, and it could be like, you know, building something in the fashion, building something in agriculture, really, you know, things can happen. Yes. Right. But as far as nation coming together, I think that would be very difficult and a long, long, long process. And we can't wait for that. We need to keep moving. We need need to keep moving. You know, so. It's interesting, it's interesting too, that you say that, um, 
because the, the next lead-in was about the diaspora bridging the gap, you know, with Senegal as well as other African nations. And I think just with some of the tenets that you touched on in terms of business, mm -hmm. those are ways to do that. You know, I, I, I've never been the one to say, okay, well, everyone from the diaspora, you go back on Mama Akebulon, mm -hmm. and just because you have a skill set, you bombard them with that. Mm -hmm. We should be aiding each other. Um, just because I'm from America doesn't mean I can't learn something from mm -hmm. an indigenous per mm -hmm. person. You have natural natural hemopathic uh, people who live in the villages, honey, that can cure mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff mm -hmm. that modern medicine ha ha has no okay. ram about. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, you, we can learn lots from them. So yeah. I, I think that, that no I, I call it knowledge bartering, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. we can learn something from each other. Because what, what I wouldn't want personally is that so many of us make a drastic step and move our lives onto the continent. Mm -hmm. And we think that one, that we're far superior than folks because we're Americans, because we hold a blue passport. Mm -hmm. And then that starts up what, a, a, a civil war, because we think that we're better than folks. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that I always use the term collectivism is mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the knowledge, bartering, knowledge sharing is important. We have mm -hmm. to be able to able to work together. Yep. Now, a lot of times in what I've seen recently, like when you were talking about the fashion industry, Maya, mm -hmm. is that you what you do have is that there are a lot of um, collaborators, but it's a lot of it's a lot being done with the youth. Now, maybe it is not the youth, let's say, in a lot of the Francophone countries, but there's a lot of collaborations that are going on, even with these work share um, places. Mm. Um, a lot of these like-minded young people, they're getting together, they're making up apps, they're doing stuff like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So I think that the change, there's change, but it, it, it isn't going to be a slow process, similar basically to what you said. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm not oblivious um, to that at all. So... But you, but you gave some good, good points, especially when you spoke um, about STEM. So, how? So, just as, as a person uh, from Senegal, mm -hmm. how do you? This is your own personal opinion. Mm -hmm. how, what is their attitudes towards the diaspora actually relocating to Senegal? Is there any angst about that? Because some some countries, now we don't want you here. You know, America's got their own drama. Mm. You, you know this. Mm. <laughs> Mm. So there's places where they're like, mm mm, mm mm, we, we don't want you here. Like we have, like we have our own problems. We don't need any extra. So that's why I'm asking you a question. Mm. Do you think they would be open to that, or? Um, I mean, there are some Americans around that live there. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't think. But the I mean, number? Senegal is not. It's not like no. It's open, very welcoming. So I don't think there's an issue with. Americans, black Americans, white Americans moving mm -hmm. to Senegal at all. I, I don't think that's an issue we have. I think the issue that we will have is if the West move and start bringing more of the uh, LGBT... Say um, it. Talk all about it. Get into <laughs> it. Get all up into that, baby. That is something that we, as Senegalese, as a again Islamic country, we will never accept. And I think that is something that, there, if anything, that will be the only fear. I think people are very welcoming and wants, and and you know, people have the right to do what they want to do. But I think if there is an exodus, I would say, or like a a movement of like mm -hmm. a lot of you know, like you know, gays and lesbian and all these other people just moving and want to live life and because out the, the idea open. out in the open is problematic because the idea is like you know you know the they, they you know we'll just see it as you want to come in this is not our belief you can do it wherever the hell you are just don't bring it into our country and i'm not saying it's not in senegal already i'm not saying that but this is more and more people are conscious that it is there and um, and we are not saying that um, the western what the west brought it upon us I, sh I it's not that ideology at all but of course like anytime there is how would I say like, propaganda yeah that exactly it was propaganda but then also like you know a kid okay let's say this you know you know, a thief might just be, you know, they're just still stuff. 
But if there's no opportunity, they'll, you'll never see them touch anything. That's right? true. Right? In this case, if you have like that whole, you know, everybody's coming in and living life and gay and all that stuff and have all these bars open and all this stuff, like, you know, a Senegalese boy that was like, oh, oh, okay, I can do this now. Like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. I know I like boys, but I was never allowed to even, to, to even open my to eyes, open to, my that. eyes yeah. to it. But now that I see it, okay, I'm going to go to it now. And you know, so, no, I, I, it, I so that'll even, be the only, I think that will be the only Western, I, will, I think that will be the only Western behavior that Senegalese and gonna be like, would be like, no. y'all need to stay where the hell you are, <laughs> okay? Let us be here with our things. We have enough issues. But other than that, I will say that Senegalese are hospitable, open to business, open to learn, open to grow together. And, and you will never hear. And the good thing, too, is like the laws or the policies right now, the government allows for, you know, people to come and open a business mm-hmm. and own it full mm-hmm. right. So wow. so it's all very positive and very open to to business um uh to you know to business um how would I say it um investment. 